Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read all the chapters on Viz's Shonen Jump website, as well as another collected volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. And this week we read Dragon Ball Volume 3 to kick off another year of us reading Shonen manga all summer. Yeah. Before that, though, we actually had some Shonen Jump. I mean, I guess that hasn't been super rare lately, but... In these uncertain times, it sometimes feels like a treasure when we get a Shonen Jump. We got it two weeks in a row. Yeah. And we're going to get it next week, according to the adverts, the 24th, which is, yes, this Sunday. I just double-checked. Cool. So shall we get right into it, then? Let's do it. All right. We start off this week with a brand new series, after our comments about them pushing them last week, with Time Paradox Ghost Rider, Chapter 1, Jump Through Weekly Time. What did you think about this new series, Kevin? I really liked this new series. It's Same. That Baku, like I've been loving Bakuman, so it's got a it's about a manga writer. So it doesn't have the same Bakuman vibe, but it had uh at least it's like hey, it's a manga about a mangaka. Yeah, it's super hard not to compare it to Bakuman, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, I think on the one-for-one comparison, it comes up short. Of course, it's only one chapter so far. But like you, I super was super into this. And it's also got way more of a supernatural angle to it. Yes. Yeah, I've not been this excited for a new series since Zipman, which I guess was not too long ago. But Zipman got to the point where we were asking for it to die. So I really hope this has more legs because I am super, super excited by the concept, which is it's about a... 24-year-old aspiring mangaka who got second place in a rookie award and hasn't had anything since that's desperately trying to make ends meet and get a series. Yep. Who one night, his place gets struck by lightning, a fire starts, and then his microwave that has melted beeps, and he opens it, and there is a issue of Shonen Jump from 10 years in the future. And he assumes he must have made it up because One Piece isn't in it, and it's only 10 years in the future. <laughs> But he's like, oh man, this manga is super good. You know, if I made it up in a haze, I should still just adapt it. He barely makes it in time. Technically, he's not even in time for the submission deadline, but he runs it in before the meeting for new series or for considerations for one shots is about to occur. And yep. begs his editor to look at it, but his editor's like, no, I've just been putting up with you out of social obligation. You suck. Yeah. You should quit. And so he throws the the drafts the pages around and the editor in chief walks by and is like, Hey, you, he's like, wow, that's amazing. You can tell talent just by looking at the pages. That's incredible. I can't even do that. Yeah. So editor in chief son comes and he reads and is like, Holy shit. No, we can't make this a one shot. It's too good. Yeah. It's gotta be a series now. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, a little did I, I kind of, I don't think, this is bad necessarily, but I kind of like the ambiguity of, hey, did he is he actually getting issues of Shonen Jump from the future, or is it just inspiration? Although it turns out that's just to make him seem like he's not a plagiarist in his head. Like, it's to make us root for him because he just assumes he's crazy. Because the last page is, you know, he's published, he gets his first uh, chapter in, and we see this 17-year-old girl reading the chapter of Shonen Jump, and he's like, she's like, hey, why is my series in Shonen Jump? Yeah, she's like, why is my white knight in Shonen Jump? And she's this huge manga fan because she's literally just in a room full of manga. Like, there's just, there's bookshelves on the walls full of manga, and that's all that's in the room. 
And it specifically notes she is in high school, but not attending. Yes. And it's got a very One Piece anime to be continued at the end. Yeah, it was, it was very good. I really liked the, like you said, the ambiguity of, he's like, what? This is Shona Jump from the future. Well, there's no way that's physically possible. So this is just some weird fever dream because I've been working myself sick for the past, like, two weeks. So clearly because I dreamed it, it's my manga. Well, and also after he reads it, it disappears, so. Yes. Yeah, it's super interesting. Like I said, I've not been nearly this excited by a premise in a long time. And it again, it I think it invites the com- comparison to Bakuman because the editor even has like the same Bakuman conversation where he's like, hey, yeah. like you can't make something with wide appeal. You don't have that talent. You should try to make something niche and see if you can make that work. Yeah, well, it the... One comparison I'll make is that the editor seems a lot more jaded against the newbie than, I forget his name, but the editor in Bakuman. Yeah. Was like, he was like, I see a lot of potential in you kids. You just need to refine it. And this guy is like, I, you know, tons of people can draw a man. You just don't have it. Yeah. Well, although, to be fair, they're super young kids. And this guy is, you know, almost 25. You know, that's when Japanese beat men become old and go off to die. Right. <laughs> Yes. At least as far as fiction is concerned. Unless they're martial arts masters, in which case they go to train in a cave for 40 years and come out. To train an apprentice. Yes. (laughs) To train a cool young person to do everything they did in 40 years. And I don't know, a chapter? (laughs) Two chapters. The Kamehameha was only one, but yes. Uh, That is a preview for later. But yeah, super excited by this new series, personally. Yep. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Nope. That will lead us to Demon Slayer Chapter 205, Life Shining Across the Years. It doesn't actually say final chapter, but it does say the end at the end. Yep. So that's just a editorial choice they made for whatever reason. What did you think of Demon Slayer this week, Kevin? The final Demon Slayer. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I thought it was still pretty good. Like, it's not the best ending I've ever had, but I kind of liked the hey, do you believe in reincarnation? And then it kind of shows everybody, um, basically their reincarnated spirits living in modern Japan, free of demons. But with Tanjiro's kid being kind of the focus of what's going on, and his mom has a picture of all of the demon slayers up on the wall, which I thought was really neat. Kind of seeing, oh, hey, look, there's everybody. Yeah, I mean, I had very similar feelings to last week, which is this is not what I want from my ending. Um, I think as a final chapter on its own, it's fine. I even think the author probably had this idea. It's a way to kill everybody off and still sort of give them a happy ending that I think actually works pretty well with the themes of Demon Slayer, since we saw all the demons die and that's when we get their catharsis moment. I kind of wish we'd seen more of the demons in here and not just the main characters i think that would have made it a lot more powerful to me but after my critiques last week this is really not what i wanted for a final chapter and this is the weirdest i've ever felt with a series ending i felt relief before when it's a series we didn't like i felt shock when it's been something like uh, what was that uh neolation Mm -hmm. you know i didn't like but i wasn't ready for it to go i know i've had the food wars ending where i was just like super thrilled with it this ending left me feeling almost nothing Okay. Like, it's super weird to me that there's not going to be a Demon Slayer next week. 
it didn't feel like ah oh, the end and i didn't it, it didn't it's not like it doesn't feel like an ending it just didn't provide any of the like emotional catharsis to me which is super weird because it's something demon slayer excelled at I feel like this final chapter doesn't play to any of Demon Slayer's strengths, I guess. Uh, the one that I did really like is the one remaining demon, whose name, unfortunately, I don't remember. And now he's just this artist who keeps painting the other demon, whose name I also can't remember. Tamio. Yeah. That element I did super, super like. Yeah. And it's not like I hated the chapter. It just didn't leave me feeling much, which for an ending seems very strange. And and for a chapter of Demon Slayer also feels very strange. Yeah, like I said, I thought it was still pretty nice, so. Yeah, if you, I didn't mean to step over. If you want to say anything, I know you, I figured your opinion would be different. Yeah, there apparently there was a lot of, there was a huge kind of spread on the reaction to the chapter, where there's a ton of people who were more severe than you being like, God, this was a horrible ending. A lot of people who were more on board with you of like, this isn't exactly how I wanted Demon Slayer to end. And then a bunch of people that were more like me that was like, I kind of liked the whole, hey, let's like time skip into the future. Hey, look, everyone's reincarnated and still living their lives. I want to just interrupt and say, I do like the idea. I just feel like last week didn't give me the closure I wanted on those characters. I gotcha. So us skipping forward, I think... It's actually, like I said, thematically speaking with what Demon Slayer does, a very interesting way to end the series. It just, it doesn't have any emotional punch to me. Mm -hmm. And we also didn't have that last week, which leaves me feeling, like I said, kind of weird because Demon Slayer is so good at that normally. And like I said, it doesn't feel like an ending in that, like, I think when there's not a Demon Slayer next week, I'm going to go like, oh, um, did I miss it? And then I'll be like, oh, no, wait, it's over, huh? Which, for a series I really liked, is a super weird feeling. Yeah. I know I'll miss it Well, when it's gone, because it was so good. I just don't think the ending played up to any of its strengths. Even though, like I said, thematically, I think it's a good choice. Anyway, if you anything else you wanted to say on it, feel free. Again, I'm not trying to step on you. No. I just want to say that the reincarnation thing doesn't bother me. It doesn't feel like hokey, or... It is a little out of left field, but, like, thematically, like I said, it all flows correctly from the series i think it flows with the tanjiro is essentially a reincarnation of the first demon slayer yeah like reincarnation in this setting makes perfect sense and as a way to kind of have your cake and eat it too in getting all those death scenes and then a happy ending i do think it works you're just missing a bunch of closure on characters i would have liked to see yeah but it was also nice to see a bunch of the characters that had died off earlier in the series, like the Flame Hashira, a bunch, you know, we've had a couple of characters die off earlier in the series, and it was nice to see them again, essentially. Yeah, like I said, I, I've had very mixed feelings on it. But anyway, we shall move on now to My Hero Academia number 271. I wrote down Dark Cloud. I assume it was actually Dark Cloud or... Probably. I'm going to go check that. So, My Hero did this thing where it set up a super interesting cliffhanger th last week and then cut to a different scene this week. That said, it was a scene I was uh, waiting for some resolution on, and I was kind of expecting this move. It had already done that with... It had done the super interesting cutscene of Tokayami showing up to save Hawks and then cutting to the thing with Tomura. And now it's cutting back to the thing with Hawks. 
Yeah. Which I don't mind. I just couldn't help but notice. Like last week, I got super interested, and they're like, "Yeah, but you're not getting uh, any of that this week." And I'm like, "Well, thanks, my hero." But I did really like this chapter, and it is in fact Dark Cloud. Yes. Okay. So yeah, Tokiomi is trying to save Hawks, whose back has like been completely burned. Yep. Dobby is trying to demoralize him by being like, "Hey, your mentor, your hero, killed this guy who was just trying to go save his friends. He's an awful person." Tokiomi's like, well, fire is my weakness too. This sucks. Yep. And Hawks is like, hey, he's he's speed not speechifying because he's a cliche villain. He's he can't shoot fire like multiple times quickly, which again seems to link him to Endeavor. A little bit, but that just seems to be trait yes. of the fire quirks or most quirks in general. Like that's just his limit. Is that agreed? I just don't think it's accidental. Probably not. I think I think we're definitely supposed to be thinking about that, even if it's not true. Mm-hmm. I think the author is leaning into it, whether it's how the story's going to go or not. Also, Fat Gum runs ran after Tokiyami. He we don't he doesn't arrive yet. No, but I did like that Tokiyami manages to break out of the fat taxi, and even <laughs> Fat Gum's like, "Wow, nobody's broken out of my fat in forever." Also, Gigantamachi is waking up is the cliffhanger. Yeah, because he can smell master's scent which means i'm assuming tomura is awakening to his all for one powers so gigantamachio is starting to recognize him as his master again i also assumed that was it either that or there's another uh all for one clone out there who showed up but i don't think we're supposed to think that nor do i think it'll go that way it's possible but there hasn't really ever been a all for one clone it's just all no but we found but we found out that he was in like well, I guess with the um, doctor, that seems like it would make sense to me. It's possible. I guess but... more Nomu is what I'm thinking than Clown. Yeah. But your your idea is almost certainly more correct, and also that is what I assumed as well. Anything you else you wanted to say on my hero? I do like the bit with Redestro when he gets launched backwards right before Gigantamacho wakes up. He's like, "What's taking so long with my legs?" <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. So that's going to move us on to The Promised Neverland, Chapter 177, Mother. What did you think of Promised Neverland this week, Kevin? I liked the catharsis in this. Ray got his moment. Everyone got a moment with Mom. Or Isabella. Yeah, I do kind of think killing her off is not lazy or cheap. I kind of talked about that last week. But she even makes a comment of, like, it would have been harder to have to live with you all. Yeah. Like, sorry for taking the easy way out, which seems a little sardonic, but I think as a story beat, that would be more interesting than this. That said, I agree with you. It was very well done. All the emotional stuff that I thought worked about last week's chapter were on display here and not the stuff I didn't think worked. Yeah. Uh, And Ray got his moment, which, like I said, that was the most important thing that needed to happen. And I think it worked pretty well. Yeah, I really liked it. Anything else we wanted to say about it? Uh, pretty quick chapter. Only the one thing really happened. Yeah, a really good read. But like you said, it's really yeah. it's just that catharsis moment. It takes up the whole chapter. So there's not really much to talk about it without... Like, there's a, just a ton of visual stuff. So it's like, it, read it and you'll understand. That will bring us to Bone Collection Chapter 3, I Want to Dominate. So can we agree that we just need to take Kazami's brother out of this manga and then we've got gold? Yeah, that'd probably help a lot. Again, it's kind of the opposite of he's just kind of here in the first part of this chapter, but 
like he's barking? Is he just a sex pervert? Is that just well, the thing? She's treating they bring him... up the swimsuit thing again. Yeah, she's treating or... him like a dog because she rides him around the halls. And it's like... I... Honestly, it's not just the fact that he's weird. It's that she is extremely domineering. Into it. Yeah. Which... Okay, I was going to save this for... There's a scene in uh, Final Fantasy VII that's a very similar, where we see one of the villainesses with a guard following her like a dog, and I'm like, this is my fetish, and I'm uncomfortable. Why did you put this here? <laughs> yeah. that th- This makes more sense. It's just Kaz- the Kazami brother character. I really don't know what we're supposed to think or do with him. That said, he gets her into his brother's school, because of course he does. That's how this works. Yeah. And the other girl whose name I should have wrote down, I thought I would remember it. I, I can, like, see it in my head, but I can't say it with my words. Reno. There we go. Reno is like, hey, like, what's going on? Because her new story is that he's her niece. Which I do like the joke where he's talking to the principal, like, this is my daughter. How old is she? 16. How old are you? 21. Uh, and he just pulls out a wad of cash. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Rena's like, hey, yesterday when I saw you guys, you said she, you were his fiance. So, like, now you're a niece? What the hell? We we must kung fu fight. But she's like, well, I can't kill this girl. So she turns one of her bones into a Nintendo Switch. Yeah. And gives it to the main character to fight with. And he's like, I, I don't know how to do this. And she's like, oh, it's easy. Do a short hop into a nair. And he's like, it's Smash Bros? Yeah. I really liked it after that point. I didn't. Like I said, I'm not liking how quickly her character swaps between the domineering super bitch and the quirky lovable type, I guess is what I would call her. I gotcha. I feel like... It's like it's not like she's trying to set up a split personality or anything like that. Like, I want her, you know, I want to make this joke. Then I need her to have this personality to make this joke. See, I feel like she acts different ways about different people, but I suppose I can see what you mean. I I guess, but just I can't stop seeing that. Mm-hmm. And then like the Nintendo Switch thing was kind of funny, but I don't know, I just, I didn't find it as funny, especially with the whole, yeah, she's my niece now. Well, how old are you, 17? How old are you? 21. I, I mean, really? Like, <laughs> just make uh, Yeah, her... but money's... Well, I mean, I, it's a bad excuse. But that's kind of why I said it was like the brother character, I think. Yeah, he's ruining a lot of it. Because it could have just been like, yeah, she's my cousin, or, you mm-hmm. know. Like, oh yeah, she's like part of the branch family and she's just going to be staying here for now. Like that would have been mm-hmm. a much more plausible solution. Yeah. And that's definitely just there for the joke, right? Which yeah. to be fair, I, I did think the joke was funny. Yeah. I, I got you though. Anything else you want to say on Boeing Collection? No. That will bring us on to Dr. Stone Z equals 150 righteous science user. What do you think of Dr. Stone this week? This is a pretty good Dr. Stone. Yeah. It's kind of a typical... One thing about Dr. Stone that I think is easy to appreciate, but also we give it flack for a lot, is how episodic it is. Like, and this is just like an episode of Dr. Stone. 
And I think that's something that's actually really tricky, tricky to do in the Shonen Jump format. Yeah. Especially for an action series like Dr. Stone sort of is. But they get attacked by an airplane. Senku creates the device to cause the engine to stall. And then he salivates because he wants an airplane. Yep. So they go well, get an airplane. Yeah, both him and Ryusei yeah. are like, hey, look, we've got an airplane now. It doesn't work right now, but nor, nor is there anywhere we could possibly take off in this forest we're in, but we do have an airplane. Yep. And the the new science character, the enemy, seems really interesting, because I can't tell if they're a robot. Yeah. Or, because they speak extremely weird or odd. When we have their like monologue about, oh, there's, uh, there appears to be scientists as well. And it's like, at first he didn't know what happened, but then he like retroactively analyzes it, but in a very odd way. Like he's like downloading information, like, oh, that's what that was. Well, and he even says, like, ah, oh, I guess I would have to have some memory lapses after I slept all that time. Yeah. So, yeah, I continue to think this is a very good direction for Dr. Stone. Yeah, super cool. And I am very excited to see where we go next with it. That didn't really change from last week, but this week just like a pretty good episode. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to say on it? Nope. That will bring us to Act Age Scene 112, Fame, which is the prerequisite, uh, oh no, I'm famous now, what do I do, in school chapter. Although I quite liked it. I say that yeah. kind of dismissively. No, it was um, very good. I, I did like that, where... I love at one point she just outruns the paparazzi as opposed to trying to, she's like, they kept seeing through my disguises. So I just ran as fast as I could and they couldn't keep up. Well, yeah. And her friends are like, we tried to say hi. It's like, sorry, I was running. <laughs> I also, I like it as a transition uh, chapter too, like showing it shows like Kate trying to balance still having her friends while she's working more. But also we find out that they're almost ready to put her in a movie, but first they want her to be in a TV series. So she's going to be in a historical drama of some sort? Yeah. They're basically, they're getting ready to put the movie into production, but they need mm-hmm. her to be doing something in the meantime. So it's like, all right, mm-hmm. we're getting ready to put this movie into production, but it's going to take some time. So we'll have her do this TV drama to prepare and get like get her ready and get the world ready for her to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, strong cliffhanger. I think it worked really well, but again, just a pretty standard chapter. Not a lot to speak of in it, really. Yeah. So anything else you wanted to point out in it? No. Okay. That then brings us to We Never Learn X equals 158, Thumbelina Supercomputer, Part 8. I have a feeling you'll have more to say on this one. Probably. What were your thoughts? So I liked this one. I will agree with Initially, you made the statement when they talked about doing these alternate ending things. This kiss didn't feel as powerful as the Uraraka one, to me yeah. at least. Honestly, I didn't even think about that. You're absolutely right, like because I didn't even think to make the comparison when absolutely I kind of should have. I could like because you had made that comment. I thought you were totally going to be like, well, this one wasn't as good as that one. Like, I still really enjoyed it. I did too, but you, uh, you, now that you bring it up, yeah, it didn't nearly have the power of that one. And, like, it's still a callback. It's still a, like, hey, we set this up earlier. Like, a super cute bit. Yeah. 
I thought it was good, but yeah, I didn't even think to make the comparison. They're so in different ballparks. <laughs> <laughs> when did I bring that up before? Out of curiosity, I'm, I'm sure I did. I'm just trying to. I think you brought it up right when they with the announcement that there was going to be. The, that we're just on diminishing alter- returns, kind of. Yeah, and you were like, I unfortunately, don't think I. You were like, I don't think they're going to have the same emotional impact, especially mm-hmm. like, especially because. This is going to be kind of a, well, I I already saw that one though, so like yeah. yes, I can still enjoy it, but I don't know how exactly you would have been able to do this, but it kind of would have been neat to have kind of a choose your own ending thing. Well, and I think that's the idea here, but he's got to prevent present them in sequence. I think yeah. that's what he's going for. Yeah, so I think that could be if you haven't read it, that could be a really cool thing. Would be to when you get to the end, then pick. The, you Which know, girl? Pick your waifu and uh, go with that ending. Well, then you can go back and watch all the other endings, like or read all the other endings like you would on YouTube or whatever. Yep. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like I said, I didn't even. I thought I was just thinking about the how the moment was cute because it parallels their first accidental kiss. Yeah. No, that was very good. But yeah, I, I just felt like okay, yeah, this this is a good end. This is a good part. I like the way this went, but also, like I said at the start of this, Ogata is my least favorite girl mm-hmm. in this selection, so there's also like that bias against her in this arc, in a way. I think for me, the reason it isn't as powerful, because I actually really do like Ogata, is Uraraka knew she was in love with Naruki for the whole thing, and had mm-hmm. been kind of, they had been fighting back and forth over both of them maybe being in love with one another versus Ogata kind of had the moment where, you know, she finally realized it later on and then would come on a lot stronger and mm-hmm. didn't have the internal turmoil that Uraraka did. So I think it didn't mm-hmm. have the exact same level of catharsis of, oh, they do have, like, he admitted that they do have feelings for one another mm-hmm. versus Ogata being like, I will, I will prove to you that you will fall in love with me. Yeah. Like, it was still really good, but it just didn't have the exact same impact of, oh, I guess I am in love with you. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, I think Furuhashi will be stronger. I'm really curious about Kirisu-sensei. Yeah. I feel like that might be the most sex comedy of all of them. We'll see. Yeah. Nothing else I really wanted to say on it. I think we had a pretty good discussion there. Still super enjoying it. It ranked very high, as you'll see. But I think all your yeah. points are correct. Yeah, it it's really good. This is an ending I would have chosen over. I I like Ogata more than Uraka. Mm-hmm. But I just part. I think part of it is that the impact was lessened because the uh, the Uraka one happened first. Mm-hmm. But it's still really fun to read. So it's not like, oh man, that was disappointing. Like, oh, that was super cute. And mm-hmm. really, probably the only reason I thought of this is because we're doing this podcast. And I mentioned that before. Yeah. Like, it didn't even cross your mind. No. So it was just kind of like... because, but, Like, I'm... it didn't cross my mind, but it still, like, is accurate. Yeah, but I am I think that has a bit more to do with... You were also Ogata's worst girl. Not my... Yeah, yeah. Um, still a good girl, don't get me wrong. Yes, but she's the bottom tier. Yes, yes. That just leaves us with Guardian of the Witch, number 14, Battle for Escape. What did you think of Guardian of the Witch this week, Kevin? This is an interesting 
cliffhanger. Yeah, the fight is pretty good. And, like, the, the magic meter idea is sort of interesting. It could potentially add stakes to future fights. They throw Fafnir in a hole. How's he going to escape that? <laughs> yep. I mean, it's a little more than that. It's, you know, gravity magic. But I liked it. Like, I've liked Guardian of the Witch, but also, like, I didn't find it to be anything tremendous or special. Like, I found Guardian of the Witch. I'm interested for next week's chapter because I'm betting almost certainly that the Gravity Witch has because she removed her collar and she used way too much magic. She seems like she's turning into an evil, right? Yeah. Which is it seems like that's gonna be the route that this is gonna go. Mm-hmm. You know, where uh she's like, hey don't worry about me, but she's like pushing herself too much. The one thing that yeah, really yeah, yeah. bothers me is so uh they have that magic gauge thing. And he's like, mm-hmm. make sure it never gets above two thirds. And then the the giant they've got like separating circles on them. And there's not mm-hmm. one set at two thirds. <laughs> it's like it. Yeah. Well, it might be that was advice for her, and not like. And it's totally you know, possible. Should... Yeah, but I, I definitely design-wise agree with you. Yeah, I was like, to me, that bothers me. I was like, because you have one set up for one third, then like one quarter, and then the end. I'm like, wait, no, but like break them up evenly and don't tell them. Yeah, make sure it never gets above two thirds. Why didn't you make the two-thirds one, like, big or something, so that I would be like, oh, no, like, you know, put a giant red line. math is important, too. Yeah. You've got to learn math. Put a giant red line, you know, like, hey, make sure you uh, you don't hit this point. <laughs> Anything else you wanted to say on Guardian of the Witch? No. Well, that's everything we talk about on a weekly basis. That just leaves us with the jump card. Jump Card is the segment we do every week where we rank all the chapters that came out, not just the ones we talk about, at a full 20 this week. So what do you have at number 20, Kevin? I have Gravity Boys down at 20 again. Yep, that's that's what I guessed. I, I win the prize. It's not good. It's not. This one was a little worse than past ones, too, I think. Just in that, it's it's hard to say. I didn't put it at 20. I put Haikyuu at 20 because... Okay. Uh, Haikyuu really lost me this week, the way it does sometimes. It was my number but, 19. Yeah, and uh, Gravity Boys was my number 19. Okay. Just talking about Gravity first, since you brought it up first. Like, I don't even really know what to say about it. Just saying it's not good doesn't seem like enough. The story's even more contrived than it normally is, because this is all basically an introduction of one of the other team's members. And it's like, oh, he's super shy around people, but he's actually a top secret super spy. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. just, like, and then they're hanging out and about, and then Chris is suddenly there, and it's like, well, the cover Sigorsi is. Uh-huh. And it's like, they're continuing the streamer plot that they seem to want to abandon with him. Yeah. Like, it's... 
it doesn't seem like it's got the right stuff going on. I don't know. I really don't know what to say about. Yeah. Which is why I'm struggling so much. Yeah, but with Haikyuu for me, I liked it just a little bit more than a Gravity Boys, but this has just got a ton of... Yeah, I don't know who these people are still. And judging from the pace of this arc, which I'm going to assume is going to be the last one, or very close to it. It's, it seems like it, doesn't it? But it doesn't have it's to hard be, for but, me to... Yeah. yeah. But it's like, all right, cool. I still don't know who these guys are, and uh, you're not really helping me learn who they are yeah learn yeah which i i don't think it should be doing that either it's just the problem of i didn't read the beginning of this which is you Mm -hmm. know super important and i'm not a huge sports manga fan so that just kind of constantly leads to it being tacked down yeah what do you have at uh 18 so i have me tom at 18 okay i just didn't find anything particularly funny or particularly charming in this. Mm-hmm. I have Mashal at 18 for kind of similar reasons. Like, it just seems like a wrap-up of the Shonen plot, but like I said, the Shonen plot is not necessarily what I think Mashal's great or good at. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, a particularly good version of that either. Yeah, it, it didn't get much higher for me. And we're real down in the dumps here in the bottom. What do you have at 17? I have Bone Collection down at 17. Okay. I do not like the personality flipping and the brother character and the switch joke was kind of funny, but it just felt more forced than anything to me. Like, Hey, let's make a kid. Let's make a joke about switch. Kids love switches, (laughs) right? Oh, I assume that uh, Mangaka also loves switches. They seem to get a lot of jokes and like, the Smash Bros. terminology was on. Like I've no that could be a translator thing too, but that bit I quite liked, I will say. What do I have down here? Certainly it's something. Hell's Paradise is actually what I put at seventeen. That's fair. Kind of for what we were talking about last week with it, with it just being Sorry, just to to cut in. I think I I think I realized what really bothered me about the Switch gag is that she knew exactly how that power that has never been used on her works. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think I, that's, I, can... I think that's what really bothered me. Was like, oh yeah, grab this rib, it'll do this. How do you gotcha, know that? before she is not shown any aptitude. Yeah, it's towards like that. How do you know that? Well, that's just how it works now. Okay. <laughs> so sorry, and then we can. No, that's fine. Yeah. We've been talking about how weird Hell's Paradise is right now and how yep. like flowy and stuff. And I just, it, it again, it lost me. And I, I do like the series, but it really lost me here. And I didn't think this chapter. No, that's totally fair. Did a lot for me. I feel like I'm being uh, real lazy with these justifications, but whatever. What do you have at 16, Kevin? I've matched them at 16. I agree gotcha. with you that it was just kind of like a wrap up with a bit of a joke at the end. So, it was fine. I have Chainsaw Man at 16. I have it at 15. Okay, I like the same ideas from last week, but, like, this fight seems just a mess, and I can't tell what's going on. And, like, I've gotten so lost in this arc, I kind of know what the stakes are. But I feel like I only kind of know. Yeah, I know what the stakes are, but, yeah, this Denji being on fire, shooting chainsaws around into a bunch of doll people, 
my god, is it hard to follow the action. Yeah. Color would make this so much easier to figure out oh, what's yes, going on. Oh, yes, a thousand on. times. Oh, my God. Better. But, you know, manga doesn't get color. It's part yeah. of the deal. So, as to survive with what it's got, and it just, in my opinion, doesn't really. Yeah. What, what do you have at 15? You have it at 15. Uh, I have Mitama at 15. Okay. There were bits I found charming about it, and I, like, am intrigued by the cliffhanger ending. But... Mm-hmm. So it went above the stuff that I just didn't like, but I Fair. didn't think it was particularly funny either. What do you have at 14? I have Jujutsu Kaisen at 14. I'm Same. It, I'm interested to see where this goes, but it it's like, okay, so... Like, the first two pages were great, and then yeah, the and rest then of just, it was like... And then other stuff happens. Yeah, which wasn't... It, it wasn't bad, but I no. am interested to see where it goes. So it's just kind of like, eh, kind of go down here. Yeah. What do you have at 13, then? I have Black Clover at 13. Okay. I... Huh. Okay. Go on. I I did like it. Like, I liked Charmy being the I'm going to turn your hair into pasta and eat it. But I felt like it lacked the emotional impact that some of these other fights have had. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she was like, oh my god, you destroyed food. Now I must end you. <laughs> All right, cool, but yeah. like we already had that happen the first time you transformed into your devourer form or whatever it is. And this mm-hmm. was even like more contrived because I think she just called you fat and that pissed you off. So like it was still good, but it just I didn't like it as much as some of the other things. Interesting because this is like by far the most of these like Black Clover one-off uh, character feature fight scenes. This is the one that by far I like the most, and I don't know if it's because I have more attachment to Charmy or I almost guarantee what. you it's that. You have more attachment to Charmy and barely know who anyone else in these fights have been. Yeah. I have Undead Unluck at 13. I have it at 12. It seems, it kind of seems like it's in that desperate role of like, oh, I gotta do something or I'm gonna get cancelled. Did you get that vibe? A little bit. It kind of makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't seem like this is completely out of nowhere. Yeah, like, we know there's a reason he keeps the card in his head. Mm-hmm. I do kind of like that he's almost a, Andy is a split personality, almost, mm-hmm. of undead, I guess I'm going to call mm-hmm. him. And so it's kind of interesting that, like, now they have to deal with him. It's like, all right, we managed to capture Spoil, and mm-hmm. now we've got to deal with undead. Great. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know, the, the, I guess, central conflict here doesn't super, like, it didn't seem like Spoil is such a big deal that they have to go to this length, I guess. I understand the story from a meta level, but it, the moment doesn't feel earned is, I guess, where I'm really at with it. Well, I think mainly they were doing it for, because, like, initially they weren't going to tackle the Spoil mission at all. They were doing it for That's the true. reward. Like, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't like, hey, we need to go deal with Spoil. It was Andy being like, because they were like, it's not worth it. And Andy was like, mm-hmm. we're taking that one. That's the hardest mm-hmm. one. It's got a cool prize. I want it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like the fact that now they have to deal with the fact that they have to now fight Andy for winning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, and, and your punishment is, uh, yeah, I don't know. Undead Unluck just uh, has not super grasped me la- lately. Uh, what do you have at 12? Is it Undead Unluck? Is that yeah. just the conversation we had? Yeah. 
I got Guardian of the Witch at 12. I have it at 11. Okay, yeah. It's still fine. Yeah. It's all the problems, it's all the things about Guardian of the Witch, both good and bad. Yeah, it was fine. So, kind of around the middle. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you have at 11? I got Black Clover at 11. Okay. And again, I I talked about the reasons why. I highlighted a lot more. Although I do think that I, I'm torn on this because, you know, a lot of series with big casts, most shonen series grow them over a while because the characters that get popular stick around. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have trouble giving their cast stuff to do. And so I do appreciate Black Clover trying to get all their uh, minor characters in and give them all a fight. But like yep. I said earlier, I feel like I've completely lost the stakes and that's the risk of using such a big cast like this. Yeah. One Piece balances that tremendously. And I can't think of another example that does it well. Yeah. I think this is Black Clover still doing okay with it. I think it's just the fact that you don't really know most of the Black Bulls. Yeah, uh, yeah but like I said, volume one I, and then seen like another three of them. But like, what are they doing? Where are they? And I like, I kind of know the answer to both of those, but yeah, it was like they're just in they're in various locations in the different kingdoms, getting attacked. Kind of yeah, showing. I just. Like, this is just kind of showing that the Spade Kingdom is, like, invading the rest of the world, essentially. Yeah, it just, it doesn't feel like it's established well to me. Like I've said. Oh, that's fair. What do you have at 10, Kevin? I have more King of 10. And it's just, it's pretty interesting. So we've got the introduction of the, one of the other bug lords, bug bug kings. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. I like how Shoko like is immediately friends with her, and it's for like totally like normal reasons. Yeah, she's but then like, she's just like, I'm working at a store where like everyone's forty, and I'm a teenager. And then it's like, hey, we got this new hire that's the same age as you. <gasps> Let's be best friend because, yep. dear God, no one else loves me. But then it's the bug person, of course, and I do love that. Like the she challenges Mori King to a fight, and Mori King's like, you can't hide your bugness. Yeah, like, it's okay for some bugs, but not the king of the forest. And she's like, oh, no, I am beaten. I will be back. <laughs> I did like that. I like that. That's how he won the first fight. Yeah. Was essentially like, you know, how are you just walking around with that stuff? Well, when you're the king, you're going to have to do it anyway. So you can't hide and slink in the shadows now. Uh-huh. I quite like that. I have it a little higher. I have a demon slayer at 10. Okay. It, it's just like I said, that's dead metal of the list. I liked it, but when I think of Demon Slayer, I'm never going to think of this chapter. The ending of Demon Slayer to me is going to be the bit where Tanjiro fights off the infection and like gets pushed up by all the dead people. Yeah, I mean that survives totally... in my head. Yeah, that's totally fair. That's a super powerful moment. So, not not like I'm going to excommunicate this. I'm just not yeah, going to think no, of it you. the way yeah. I think of Arina and uh, Yukiha- Yukihara in the diner or Boruto painting "Go Read One Piece" on. The Hokage Monument. Yeah. So I have Hell's Paradise at 9. Gotcha. Almost a full 10 spots above me. Yeah, I didn't get as lost in this, and I kind of like the Gabamaro and the Bandit dude who are currently going through Arborification because the Tau is going crazy. Mm. Both of them are like, well, I've got something to die for. Yep, alright, we can do this, let's go. And just everybody, like, especially the one samurai that was like, all right, I've got this plan. And then Gabamaro shows up. He's like, ooh, my plan might not work anymore. And (laughs) Gabamaro being like, nope, don't worry, I can make it work. All righty then, we're back on. All right, here's the plan. And kind of talking about, all right, so we need to kill 
this thing's five tendons simultaneously, which is just like I think really cool. So I liked it a lot more. All right, I have uh, Mori King at nine. Not a lot more to say about it. All right, yeah. What do you have at number eight? I have Mission Yosakura Family at number eight. Same. It was pretty good. It was a it was a pretty good chapter of Mission Yosakura Family. I really like the. We're starting to get a little bit more history on Tyo's family being linked with the Yozakura family. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still like just a good like gag episode of uh, Mission yeah, Yozakura so he's Family. In a li- yeah, he's in a library, and it's like, yeah, the librarian will kill you if you make too, or will attack you if you make too much sound. And depending on the level of sound, uh, is your level of infraction, where like she'll kill you if you make too much noise really close to her, but if you're just kind of sort of making noise far away from her, she'll just, like, stab you a bunch. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, finally getting to see that plot thread that was dangled at the end of the last arc pay off. Yeah, and that and was really cool. And get some intrigue from the, it. With the... I love the bit where Mitsumi's like, Tayo, I know I want a divorce now. I, I can't believe we did that to you. And him like, uh, no, calm down. This doesn't mean anything. Yeah. What do you have at seven? I have Dr. Stone at seven. Same. Uh, because, again, it was an episode of Dr. Stone. That's why I think it went slightly above Mission Yuzakura Family, is I'm a little more excited for where it's going. Yeah, Dr. Stone has a bit more of an upward momentum, whereas Mission Yuzakura Family had more of like, ah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was good Dr. Stone. What do you have at number six? I have Act Agent number six. Same here. All right. We've been pretty similar on this one, as opposed to like last week, I think. Was well, last like... week we were abnormally different. Yeah. Yeah, we have like a couple major discrepancies on here, but for the most part we're in sync. Yeah. Like here we have a couple of the discrepancies, but like, oh, this one these two were like one apart and these two were one apart. But yeah, Act Age yeah. was Act Age was super solid. I love the just a lot of the hey, I'm now super famous in school. I love the bit with the one guy who sneaks the photo of K and the one director friend being like, Hey, who took that? photo and keeping like hey don't care about it and then the giant rio i think is his name yeah comes up and he's like hey you snap that picture and he brings him over and he's like this guy would like a picture with uk and it's like uh-huh. extremely intimidating but it's kind of nice about it like this is how you should have done that yeah i did like the chapter like i said just i don't think i have a lot to say on it that's totally fair what do you have at five it's not what i have at five i have my hero academia at five okay any, I mean, you don't have to justify oh, yeah, it, but right, if you sorry. want to. Well, I was just expecting you to say, I also do. And then I was like, wait, nope. Man, nope. Can't be. I, I said, I, I said, I don't. Yes. I definitely, what I have at five, I think you might be able to guess. It's not what you have at five. <laughs> yep. But I liked this My Hero Academia. I think it was really good, even with the cut. Just some great tension and interested to see where this goes. I have Bone Collection at five. I think we... We had out our differences on that. Maybe I revealed my hand too much when I mentioned this is the sort of uh, character I'm into. But I also just thought the jokes really flew. Flowed? Yeah, and I, I just had that disconnect with them, so they didn't they didn't land as well. Like, it's uh-huh. that I analyzed the joke, which then ruined it. Uh, what do you have it for? I have the Promised Neverland at four. Okay. I really liked the catharsis moment with Promised Neverland and Isabella. And it was just... Really nice. I have my hero at four. Okay. Again, I think it. we've said everything on that. It was cutting back to a plotline I wanted to resolve, even if it was cutting away from the one I'm actually super interested in. Yep. 
Uh, so I have Demon Slayer at number three. It's I I liked this reincarnation bit. It was just kind of a nice, hey, let's see everybody's getting that happy, you know, everybody's spirit is living on. I really liked the bit with the picture at the end where even though mm-hmm. it's, you know, hundreds of years later, they still have, hey, here's this picture of the Demon Slayers. Even though demons are, you know, a thing of the past. I really like that. Yeah. I've promised Neverland at three. Okay. Again, I, I think the uh, emotional moment works. It outweighs anything below it, even if it's not the storytelling choice I would have made. Yeah. What do you have at number two? I have We Never Learned at number two. Same. Kiss is good. We like it's. It, I felt bad knocking it that entire time because, in comparison to itself, I do think this is like a weaker We Never Learn arc. But I was super solid. A uh, really cute moment. Really good. And I just I. I do love the bit where it's Yu-Gi-Oh going like, I lose. Mm-hmm. And like, that was his confession. Like, I liked that aspect of it because they were just playing that game. Uh-huh. And she's like, no, it's a tie. Yep. So Time Paradox Ghost Rider, the new series goes above the ending series we really liked, which is a a very good sign, I think. Yes. Now, it's easy to do a good chapter one. Pro- probably a lot easier than to do a good last chapter, to be honest. And like I said, I, I, I'm terrified this is going to go the way of Zipman, and it's just going to flounder, because I love the concept. Yeah, and that's really what put it above for me, was uh, the character seems super cool, the concept is super interesting. I really love the fact that at first, like, especially because uh, he's only seen the one issue, but like, clearly he's going to get back to his apartment, and there's going to be a ton more, and he's going to be like, oh god, what is this? But just the the whole thing of like, ah, he's like reading Shonen Jump from the past. He beat One Piece in that issue of Shonen Jump that published, uh, that like mm-hmm. he got published in. Which, to be fair, new series do beat One Piece. Yeah. So, not all the time, but that's not like Time Paradox, Ghost Rider, if people like it as much as we do. Now, we're probably kind of niche manga fans, could beat One Piece. Oh, it will definitely beat One Piece. What am I talking about? There is no One Piece this week. <laughs> yes, it beat One Piece this week. You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> On account of a, a DNF. <laughs> yes. I, in contrast to you, though, I don't think the characters are all that great. You know, uh, Evil Editor is kind of like a stock-like villain for a first chapter. I don't dislike the main character or anything, but, you know, they talk in Bakuman about how you have to make the character sympathetic and stuff. And, you know, one of the problems, especially for a podcast like this, when you're writing a manga about writing manga, is that just sort of amplifies the scope on you, I think. And, like, this character, nothing really special about him to me. I am super intrigued by the, I presume, female lead, the person who came up with the original yes, idea. Yes, and that, I'm really interested in their interaction, because I really uh-huh. like that he has the completely understandable reaction of, this must just be some weird fever dream. Mm-hmm. And, like, people do have those flashes of brilliance in dreams. Like, that, that actually mm-hmm. happens all the time. So him just being like, oh, I just came up with the perfect manga in my head. Here we go. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen when somebody else comes up and is like, why are you stealing my manga idea? And like, have her have a bunch of like first drafts and stuff of like, look, this is mine. What are you doing? And I think the main reason I think it's weaker than Bakuman on the face of it is that it's only one character and that's inherently weaker. Once she gets involved, though, they can have a partnership. They can have a super combative relationship it can go a lot of ways yeah i'm i'm super interested to see where that relationship goes how she is because i mean she's on the 
cover page essentially. So I'm I'm really interested to see what's up with her. And you know, it's called time paradox, so probably not. But there's also potential. Like, does the story get altered because of what he does that he sees? And their art styles have to be different. Like, even if he's like, oh, this is a flash of brilliance, he's he can't draw it exactly like she did. Like, although although you know, it's fiction, so he can. Like, he also can't get a a chapter of Shonen Jump from ten years in the future, and he did. Yeah. Although it says she's 17, right? So, like, 27 is super late to make her debut. Although it also says a new series by, so... It could be that she's had series in the past. So, never mind. Anything else you want to say? No. Yeah, I'm super excited for uh, Time Paradox Ghost Rider. It, it really made the issue for me. But we will take a break, and when we were back, we will talk about Dragon Ball Volume 3. So we read Dragon Ball Volume 3 this week, the part where some people say Dragon Ball starts to get good. What did you think, Kevin? I liked it. This feels more like Dragon Ball to me, because it's training into a tournament. Yes. You know, it's before tournament arcs are a thing, really. I mean, some people say that Dr. Slump kind of uh, came up with the idea. Mm-hmm. I think that's backfitting a bit. I mean, and from an inspiration thing, this is just Akira Toriyama finished his Journey of the West parody. He was watching lots of Jackie Chan and other Chinese Kung Fu movies and decided he wanted to do a riff on those. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he's very good at drawing people punch other people. And so his editor pushed him to do more and more of that. And yeah, that's punch, how kick, Dragon fight. Ball really becomes what Dragon Ball is. Yeah. Or at least what it's known to be. So, yeah. And Master Roshi continues to be incredibly dated and uncomfortable. Yeah, but we get Krillin. I was going to say, we get Kuren or Krillin, pick your uh, flavor, who is, I think, the real reason it starts to take off. I think Krillin is kind of the character that makes Dragon Ball. He definitely helps out. It definitely helps out having somebody be on par with Goku. And And you kind of had Yamcha before. He kind of filled that role, but he doesn't do it nearly as well. And, like, Krillin feels feels the rival role very briefly before he moves into his more known role of being the the guy who's just strong enough to hang. Yeah. Well, it, like, I always love the fact that, like, Krillin is the strongest human, essentially. Yeah. It just sucks that he hangs out with a bunch of non-humans. And to be fair, he's not that for the entire time. Tien's definitely stronger when he gets introduced yes. later. But yeah, like, I don't want to talk about, if we add Krillin to personality power level, we'll have to talk about this. But the thing that makes Krillin work is, like, he's, you know, the... Team's four-star had the Krillin-owned counter joke. The thing about Krillin, though, is the reason he gets owned so often is he is so willing to jump in when yes. it's, he knows it's way above his weight class because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Which, you know, often leads to him being the wharf and being the one who gets his ass kicked. But he works way better than Yamcha as a rival to Goku. Yeah. In part because, like you said, he is on par with him. Yamcha's, like, hanging back from a bit even from the start. And similarly, Krillin, when they both have to move that big boulder, Krillin's like, yeah, I can't move it as far, but... I can still move it. Yeah. I can hang. We jump about the same height. Yep. We also get lunch or launch again, take your pick. Yep. 
who is definitely a weaker character, although I do think she adds a little bit to what's going on here. I mean, the joke is pretty one-dimensional. She sneezes, she changes her personality between a sweet, naive girl and a criminal with a machine gun. Yep. I think there's a reason Toriyama forgot about her, but I also think there's a reason she got introduced here. Yeah. It, she's an interesting thing to get added on, but she doesn't get a whole lot of screen time even in this volume. Mm-hmm. She's kind of one of those at-home wife characters, I guess. Yeah, you know, Toriyama is very guilty of making most of his female characters. Yeah. While we definitely are getting closer to what Dragon Ball is, I also think this kind of drags still, because there's a lot of chapters devoted to training, which yep. reads fine in the volume, it's just more adventure, but week to week, I feel like I would have been bored to tears with some of that. And yeah. I, like, super love Master Roshi's training method of, like, the Karate Kid, although this predates Karate Kid, it's more drawing from the same inspirations. Well, Doing everyday tasks to make yeah. them super strong. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's a very odd way of doing basic endurance training, essentially. But I do like that, that they're, yep, all right, we're going to do everyday tasks. And he's like, yeah, the core of the Kami Senen technique, that there isn't a technique, it's about improving yourself. So, like, you guys already have fighting techniques down you just need to make your body and your mind stronger so that's what i'm here for Mm -hmm. and it works and again in a karate kid fashion they're like yeah but you didn't teach us anything can we really fight in this tournament but then they take off their weighted turtle shells and like oh god it's like i don't weigh anything yeah like i i can jump samurai jack good yes and krillin easily defeats the people who used to bully him at his former martial arts temple yeah and i like goku is the first one to figure it out when he zips behind the dude, taps him on the back, and the guy falls over, and he's like, uh, what? He's like, hey, Krillin, uh, hold back, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Unless your opponent is really strong, hold back a little bit. Except with the bullies, where he's like, no, punch him as hard as you can, and Krillin literally punches him through the building. Mm-hmm. Yamcha's back, too. He's participating in the tournament. I do like how he's just in a crowd scene at first, and he has a haircut. And I wonder how many people didn't recognize him, because Yamcha with short hair is not my favorite Yamcha, but I recognize him in a second. Yeah, but I think especially first reading, that that would have been a, wait, Yamcha was there kind of thing? Whereas, well, for me it wasn't, but also, you know, I have years of watching Dragon Ball Z. That's Yeah, I I more meant somebody who was reading it for the first time, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's still the Dragon Ball comedy, because the first and only, like, official match we get in here is Krillin vs. Bacterian, yes. who is a smelly guy that Krillin defeats when Goku points out Krillin does not have a nose. So good. I did really it's love pretty that good. Did, Were you aware of that moment? <laughs> I I think I was. Okay, I was like, this is what I was waiting. I was like, ah, oh, we're going to get Bacterian in this volume? Yeah. But yeah, it, it was essentially brand new to me, where it was like, Krillin, the smell is all in your head. You don't have a nose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just beats the crap out of him. It's very good. We also, uh, we don't get his name in the manga, but this is the introduction of Jackie Chun, which is also very good. Although, you know, most of these, in fact, all of the characters introduced in this tournament, I mean, if you count Krillin as this arc and launch, they stick around. But none of the uh, tournament fighters, like, come back. Yeah. Well, so, doesn't like, the... It still needs to find its legs. Doesn't the older guy... I don't want to tell... Since you don't know, I don't want to tell you what happens with him. Okay. 
you could make an argument that yes, he does come back. Yeah, I, I I've seen Dragon Ball on and off, so like I have a lot of pre-existing knowledge, but uh-huh. I have approximate knowledge of many things. Yes, whereas like I, with the exception of the Red Ribbon arc, which is like this weird blind spot for me, I know Dragon Ball very well. Gotcha. Like the tournaments, the uh, the Piccolo <laughs> stuff. I don't know why the I mean, I've read and watched the Red Ribbon arc, but it just doesn't stick with me. I have approximate knowledge of it. Uh, that just reminds me of the Team Four Star scene with like Oolong, Bulma, Launch, and Master Roshi sitting around. Like, remember the Red Ribbon Army? <laughs> remember when we mattered? Yeah, well, I'd argue Oolong didn't matter back then, but no, but he was like just there with the group of like, remember when we used to matter? Yeah, yeah. And Oolong is there. Well, well, that's what I was talking about with Black Clover about your characters fade into obscurity. Yeah. Like, cause there's like in Super they struggle to give Gohan and Piccolo stuff to do. Well, like one of the big things with Gohan was that he doesn't want to fight. So like, mm-hmm. so they've written themselves into a corner because the fan base wants him to fight. Yeah, but it's like no, he doesn't want to fight. Like he doesn't, you know, he wants to just be a husband essentially, mm-hmm. and a scholar. Yeah, so husband and a scholar. His mom terrorizing him to become a scholar. Not nearly as bad as it is in the a bridge series, but she finally got through. Still pretty bad in the the anime. No, it's still pretty bad. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to say about it? The tournament setup, you know, it's a classic for a reason. Even though most of these characters, like I said, don't come back, they all like Bacterian is a super strong moment. Like the the problem with Bacterian is you've played out the joke. What are you going to do with him after that? But it's a super strong setup and joke. Yeah. Well, and I think that is also kind of nice with a lot of these tournament things because like when we go back to the tournament there's a bunch of other like they're super interesting characters that then then just vanish and i don't feel bad about it like it was like that was a cool fighter and i don't necessarily need to have the boba fett effect of but we need (laughs) his entire backstory and we need to write stories about bacteria and it's no i mean he was cool but like i he was just cool enough to be interesting for the fight and then could fade back into obscurity yeah i I And I certainly think disposable characters like that are necessary in tournament arcs, but I think one of the metrics I judge a tournament arc by is, like, what did it accomplish? What did it introduce? And that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons that, like, the second tournament where Tien and Chaozu show up, I think, is much, much stronger. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's fair, but we get a bunch of characters out of that versus this one is nice, but we don't really get anybody yeah. out of it. I don't want to spoil things. The Bacterian fight's one of the best ones, though. Like, it's not the only one that's comedic like that, and there are also some good serious fights, but, like, we start off on an incredible high note. Yeah. Like, that's one of two things I remember about this tournament. Oh, three things. I remember three things about this tournament when I think back to it. But that's, like, a high one. Anything else you want to say on Dragon Ball? No. It's good. All right. That just leaves us with personality power level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality power level is the segment where we rank characters from manga, from best to worst. At the top is number one shonen ninja, Uzumaki Naruto. At the very bottom is the guy who's not Yamcha, from the time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. Dead in the center, we have... Chisei Hattori from Ancient Mage's Pride. Actually, I'm wrong. It's one above her. It's actually read from Pokemon Adventures, but oh, okay. he's very close to the middle. Close enough. 
do we want to take Krillin this time? Do we want to rank actual Yamcha? Uh, Master Roshi's still up for grabs, and Launch is also introduced here. So I feel like we have a, a uh, bevy of options. Do, yeah, let's do Krillin. Okay. Just because this is the introduction to Krillin. Here's the thing. Krillin rules. Yes, he does. Know who's Krillin's way better than? Goku. Yes. Absolutely. I think he's better than better Luffy, a.k.a. Or, sorry. I think he's better than better Goku, <laughs> a.k.a. Goku Monkey D. Luffy. That's also fair. I don't know. I, do I don't know how he's going to compare to Usopp when one day we get Usopp on this list. But. I do think he's better than Luffy as well. Like, Krillin is great. And even in the abridged series, like, even though he's the butt of everyone's jokes, it was like, well, yeah, but he's the dude that's still, like, the butt of everyone's jokes. Like, he's always there. He's always funny. Uh, Until in the, the boo arc, unfortunately. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons the boo arc's not good. Yes, but, you know, Krillin's always there to help everybody out, bring moments of levity, even to Dragon Ball Z. You know, like you said. The reason he gets his ass kicked all the time is he steps up to the plate even though he knows he's probably going to lose. And he's a great mover of action. He can, like, save Dende with a solar flare. He can get himself in trouble to be rescued by Goku. You know, he's the catalyst for the Super Saiyan transformation. Yep. You can put him in, like, any story and he will perform. So he's going to knock Luffy out of our top ten. Yep. So I'm just going to go to number five. Do we think he's better than Shoto from My Hero Academia? Yeah. Oh, do you? I was gonna say this one's tough for me. It it Honest is to God. I think still part of the problem with me and Shoto is how cold Shoto is a lot of the time. And I think because we've seen so much of Krillin doing stuff, I think he just he tends to perform just a little bit better. Okay. Like I, I do like Shoto, but I think Krillin's a little bit better than him. I was going to argue him down, but I will defer to you on this, given your passion for it, that he will knock Shoto out of the top five. I don't think he goes up, goes above Usagi Shikino, a.k.a. Sailor Moon. He's rated number four. I don't think so either. Okay. Like I said, I think he was just a little bit better than Shoto. So Krillin, or Curran if you prefer. No, it's Krillin. <laughs> we'll go at number five. Above Shoto Todoroki from My Hero Academia and below Usagi Shikino from Sailor Moon. Very good showing for him, but also he's a probably the second best character in Dragon Ball. Yeah, he's really good. Like one of the all-time greats. Like I said, we'll see. One day we'll put Usopp, aka Better Krillin, on the list and we'll see how he does. But mm -hmm. very good showing for a bald man who is always the butt of jokes and a space duck. Well, he, sh he shaves his head. That's true. There's Master Roshi that is just bald. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, that was a great joke where it was like, you know, I shave my head to unfetter my key. Master Roshi understands. What? No, I'm just bald. <laughs> so that will about do it for us this week. Next week, we are going to be back with Bakuman. We're on volume five of that. I'm yes, pretty sure. I think, yeah, I think we're one ahead of the yes. theme of Rec. Yeah, because yeah. I think we started that first, so five. We are, yes. Volume 5 of Bakuman next week. Until then. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fistfight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions. And our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. www.lastpodcast.com is our website where you can check out our past episodes, see what we thought about past volumes of Dragon Ball or Bakuman. 
as well as check out my other two podcasts, Last Time on Video Games, which is on hiatus due to Corona, but one day we'll be back and I'll talk about Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VII Remake and how the first 30 hours of that were me being bored out of my mind and the last four hours were like, oh shit, Tetsuya Nomura wrote this, didn't he? Feed me this Kingdom Hearts bullshit like it's grapes. <laughs> and it's a Gundam, the good podcast that you probably, statistically speaking, if you listen to this, you probably already listened to. Probably. But check it out. Anyway, anything you wanted to plug this week, Kevin, or uh, talk about real quick? Not this week. All right. We'll see you all next week. Have a safe week. Stop.